Many of you know, uh, on, on uh, our core values as a church, what do we believe, who we are, what we know, and what we understand. And uh, these are lining up with, uh, we're using a book called Kingdom Culture, uh, which is completely, these, these are our core values. We're embracing them. And we've gone through five already. And this morning, we're here to talk about the Word of God, how the Word of God transforms. And uh, <laughs> we... Uh, how many of you ever heard uh, Joel Osteen? You know what I'm talking about, Joel Osteen, right? Everybody knows him. Um, have you ever listened to him preach, and at the beginning, he has this little declaration thing he does with the Word of God, right? Well, I was listening to a podcast by a guy named Steve Backland, who's also a big declaration guy. Uh, he's out of Bethel, Reading. And, uh, and he had a declaration that sounded a little bit like Joel Osteen's, but he added some more stuff to it. And I really like that. So I want us to do a declaration. I want you to stand to your feet. If you have a Bible, I want you to take it in your hand. If you've got an app on your phone, get your Bible app out. And we're going to kind of do an Osteen-Backland kind of combo declaration over the Word of God today, all right? Are you ready? So I'm going to say it, and then you repeat it. Say this. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the word. My heart is good soil. Okay, we got to catch up here, buddy. There we go. My heart is good soil. For the incorruptible seed of God's word, I will be changed. I will never be the same again. I believe it. My neighbor believes it. That settles it. Amen. Now, turn to the person next to you, give them a high five, and say, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Well, it has to be good. It's the Word of God, right? Amen. So we're talking about the Word of God transforms. The word, God's Word transforms. I don't know about you, but I don't want to play around with this thing. I don't want to play around with some Bible and some devotions and little, you know, thing. Like, like the, the, the brother on, on, on Friday night, he was talking about a relationship with Jesus and, and, and making him number one. See, I think for too long we've tried to add God on to what we're doing and hope for a great result. And... It's the question I always ask people. Have they ever come for counseling and they tell me what they're doing? I'm a very straightforward guy, and I ask questions like this. How's that working for you? And they look at me, oh, not so good. And I'm like, okay, so if it's not working, let's try it different, amen? So instead of trying to add God onto what it is I'm doing, why don't we change the way we do things, right, and we'll get a different result, I don't think there's anybody in this room or the sound of my voice or in Facebook land or any of this that doesn't want more of God. Like very few people are like, you know, they wouldn't actively say, well, I'll just take 5%. You know, like nobody really says that. But through our actions, it's kind of what we do. So we will get up in the morning and we have a little devotion and we'll maybe pray for a few minutes and have read a chapter and then boom. And then throughout the day, there's a lot of people that are on Facebook a lot, right? I'm just going to use that as an example. People on Facebook a lot, right? And then there's TV shows and movies and different media. Like, 
if we spent, what if we flipped it? What if we spent a little bit of time on all that stuff and a lot of time in God's word? What would happen to our lives? Like there's nobody in this room that if we made that flip, you, you would say, well, it'll be exactly the same. <laughs> like, there's no way it would be exactly the same because God's word transforms. Amen? And so there's just three things I want us to look at real quick this morning. And again, if you haven't downloaded the app, I encourage you to do so or just start writing because there's going to be several, a lot of verses that we're going to go through today. And I don't want you to just get a good thing on Sunday. I want you to have a good thing during the week. Amen? So these verses, are we're going to hit them, but I want you to really dwell and study on them during the week. First thing is this, that God wants a relationship over religion. Relationship over religion. Do you know that the purpose of the Word of God is to actually bring us to God? Like, like the Bible is set up for you and I to be drawn to Him in a relationship. And yet, so many people throughout history and throughout, you know, our past, it's, it's like we, we do devotions, right? You ever heard this phrase? I got to do my devotions. And most of the time when it says devotions, people say, I've got to do my devotions, right? And I, I was thinking this week, I was thinking, what if in our hearts, as we begin to get into more of God's Word, it moves from a, from a have to to a want to? Do you know what I'm saying? And again, I think this is a Bill Johnson thing, but I, I think the brother also brought this out on, uh, on Friday, was this idea that spiritual hunger is different than natural hunger. See, in natural hunger, you eat and eat and eat, and then you get full, and then you don't want to eat for a very long time, right? <laughs> Unless it's Thanksgiving, then you come back for pie and leftovers and turkey sandwiches and all that stuff. Okay, but the idea, though, is you eat until you get full, and then you can go a long time without it, Right? But see, spiritual hunger is different. Spiritual hunger, like the kingdom, is actually, it's like flipped upside down. And what happens is, and many of you know this to be true, the more you go after God and the more you read the word and the more you let it transform you, what actually happens? You don't get full, you actually get more hungry, right? So you actually begin to want more of the word of God. You begin to long for it. And I would just challenge you, if you are in a place right now where you have to do your devotions or you feel a kind of a religious obligation to spend some time with God, I, I would just say this, you're not hungry enough. So flip it. Less time with other stuff, you know, I don't know, exercise and just all these things we fill our lives with. And say, God, I'm going to spend time with you. And as you do that, your hunger level will begin to rise. And it won't be a have to, it'll be a want to, right? There's a, in Luke chapter 24, 32, there's a, a, there's a passage, that whole, a whole passage of Scripture there that talks about these two men after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. After the resurrection, these two men are on the road to Emmaus, and Jesus appears, but they don't know it's Jesus, initially. And so he begins to tell them and talk, and they go through all this stuff. And on their walk, this person, who we know is Jesus, but they didn't, began to talk to them about the Word of God and, and to teach them some things in the Word of God. And I love that my favorite verse is verse 32. It said, after they were talking about this, they said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road while he was explaining the scriptures to us. And I would just say, God, 
I want that fire. We sang all-consuming fire, right? Like that fire. Anybody want burning heart? Not heartburn, burning heart, right? Anybody want a burning heart? We're not our hearts burning within us, right? This thought that, God, I want to be more hungry than I am right now. I want to burn more. I don't want a little campfire. I want a wildfire, right? I want this thing to consume me, all-consuming fire. And then I would just say this. The Holy Spirit is here to help you and me. Jesus set this thing up so beautifully. It's almost like he was the son of God or something. I mean, it's amazing. Like he knows everything. <laughs> and when Jesus was on the earth, and as he's getting ready to go back, you know, not quite to the crucifixion and resurrection and back up to heaven yet, before that, he sets the table for his disciples and his followers. And he says this in John 14, verse 26. He said this, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you some things. What does it say? He will teach you all things. Can we say that together? All things. And bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Before Jesus even left, he said, listen, I'm going to give you something that hasn't been here before. I mean, like, the Holy Spirit has, you know, always been, but when there was, like, this dynamic point in history, even in Acts, we started talking about the Holy Spirit coming and baptizing and filling, and, and you can read the Bible, you can see after the Holy Spirit shows up, everything changes, right? Well, guess what? We're still in that time. We still are in that season where Holy Spirit is here to help us and to teach us and to show us. So I would just encourage you, don't just read your Bible, devour it, right? Don't just pray, you know, a devotion. Say, God, Holy Spirit, will you show me things, right? Will you allow me to see things I've never seen before and go places with you I've never been before? And, and it's interesting, in verse John 2, 26, uh, he says this. He says, I am writing these things to warn you about those who might lead you astray. <laughs> okay, so number one, he's saying, there's a possibility of some weird stuff going around. We live in a weird world, don't we? <laughs> right? Okay, I'm going to go there just for a second. Um, the church, many churches have been taught that they've been teaching false. And again, I'm not, I'm not doing this kind of superior thing. I don't want to do that. But for the last hundred years, there's a lot of churches that teach that Miracles, signs, and wonders ceased in the first century church. That is false teaching, folks. You can't read your Bible and say, yeah, it's all done. <laughs> like, you'd have to throw out most of the New Testament to believe that theology, okay? So I'm telling you, it is not done with the apostles. He says that God has given these gifts to all of us, and the Holy Spirit is here to empower us, and there's signs and wonders and words of knowledge and healing, and all of these things are for us today. And so here's the thing. You start reading the Bible with the help of the Holy Spirit, he's not going to tell you it's done. You know what he's going to tell you? I want you to do this stuff. I want to feel you. I want to empower you. You're armed and dangerous, right? You're bringing light to the darkness, right? And I want to just, you know, so 
When it's talking about false teaching, it can come in a lot of different ways, a lot of things. But here's what it goes on to say. It says, but you have received the Holy Spirit. And it's actually the phrase in the Greek means the anointing from him. So in other words, we haven't just received the Holy Spirit. We've actually received the anointing from the Holy Spirit, right? And he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true for the Spirit, again, the anointing, teaches you everything you need to know, and what he teaches us is true. It's not a lie. So just as he taught you, remain in the fellowship with Christ. See, here's the thing. In other parts of the Bible, it it talks about that God gives apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, what? Teachers. So there is a corporate sense of teaching. Have you ever been in a service or a Sunday school class or something, and you received teaching, and you went, whoa, that's awesome. I never thought of it that way before, right? So there's teaching that we get in a corporate sense. But do you know that you don't have to rely on some preacher or teacher to get stuff out of the Bible that teaches you something that you need to know? See, I think sometimes we kind of wait like little babies, like, oh, when's the sermon, and oh, where's the podcast, and where's, you know. Yeah, those are awesome, and I learn a lot of things listening to other people. I do. Stuff I've never thought about myself. I think it's awesome. But I can also open up my word and go, Holy Spirit, what do you want to show me today? <laughs> like, Holy Spirit, where are you going, and help me go with you, right? If I got lies in my head, get them out. Expose them, Right? I want to think like you think. I want to be like you are, right? I want to walk like Jesus walked, right? Those are things that are promises for me, and only the Holy Spirit can show you. Like, and that takes the pressure off all the preachers and teachers and stuff, right? In this sense, we get to listen to the Holy Spirit and speak what he tells us to, and you get to listen to the Holy Spirit, open up your word, and let it transform you. Holy Spirit is for that. Anybody... I think that's a pretty awesome plan, <laughs> right? So good. All right, so then the second thing I want to just show to you is this, that transformation over information. Oh, man, this is so important. When we open up our Bibles, it's not to get more info, all right? I mean, it's cool. We read stories and we learn stuff we didn't know, but you understand that the purpose of opening our Bibles is for God to transform us not to make us smarter, right, or more intellectual. Because I will tell you this, I've known over my years, and you have too, people that know the Bible kind of backwards and forward, but they stink. (laughs) Right? Am I right? Now, again, I'm not being judgmental or nothing, but you know what I'm talking about. Like people that know it all, but it hasn't gone from here to here. See, up here's kind of can get stinky if it stays up here. But when it begins to move down to here, all of a sudden it's like an aroma. And you know what I'm talking about. When people have this transformation that's happened, they just smell good, right? You want to be around them. You want what they want, right? And that's the, the, the <laughs> in the King James Version, uh, there's a verse in 1 Corinthians 8.1 that says this, knowledge puffeth up. <laughs> Any King James people here? You guys King James? I love, you know, when I grew up, that was King James. That's all I had, you know. And I just remember that verse, knowledge puffeth up. <laughs> yep, right? And it has to do with this idea that, you know, we can kind of get bloated if we're just getting knowledge and, and it's, you know, and it 
puffeth up. I mean, that just sounds like a horrible place to be, right? <laughs> and uh, so we don't, we don't want that. We want God to transform us, right? For 2 Corinthians 3, uh, started with verse 15, it says this. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, he's talking about the Jewish people, and he's talking about the, the Old Testament, okay? He says, but to this day, when Moses, who wrote the first five books of the Bible, whenever Moses is read, listen, a veil lies over their heart. So here he's talking about a group of people that, you know, and the Jewish people were very serious about the Word of God. I mean, they had to memorize huge portions of it for everybody, all the kids, everybody had to. He says, but listen, when they read the, the, the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible, when they read that, they have a veil over their hearts because Jesus has already shown up, but they've, they've rejected Jesus, and they're going with just the Old Testament of the Old Covenant, right? He says there's a veil over their heart. But then he says, verse 16, but whenever a person turns, but whenever a person turns to the Lord, what? The veil is taken away. Just raise your hand if you've experienced this, where you read the Bible, and it was kind of veiled, and you asked Jesus to come and show you some stuff, and all of a sudden, it's like the hallelujah chorus in the background. Oh, like this thing just, whoa, it opens up, and lights are shooting out. <laughs> like, like, whoa. Like, as, as I began to move more into letting Holy Spirit do his thing in my life, and more of like saying, okay, prof- prophecy, signs and wonders, miracles, all this stuff. As I began to open up more and more to that, I'm telling you, my, my Bible became like the Mormon Tabernacle Choir singing in the background and lights and lasers. I'm like, why did I never see this before, right? Have you ever had that experience? You're reading the Bible and you're like, this was in here the whole time? <laughs> what? Come on, somebody ripped a page out or something. I don't know what's going on, right? And what is happening is Jesus takes the veil away. And all of a sudden, we can see things we never saw before, right? In verse 18, jump down to verse 18, it says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. Do you know what that says? It says that as I look into Scripture and I let the veil be torn away and I let Holy Spirit begin to show me some things, I begin to not only see the glory of God, but that same glory begins to rest in me. And I begin to be transformed. I begin to be a different person. It's kind of like that smelly good person that has the stuff going on on the inside, right? You're like, whoa. There's like, okay, Friday night, the electric guitar player is full of the glory of God. Like, she's, she was full. And she walked in, and I was talking to the, to the band leader, the worship leader, Trevor. And uh, I said, hey, Trevor, how's it going? We, we were just talking. And this gal walks up, and he goes, did you feel it? it the whole atmosphere shifted when she walked in the room. <laughs> and I'm like, I believe that's possibly true. <laughs> like, like, she was carrying the glory of God, if you will. How many of you would like to walk into your work and have the whole company go, ooh, what was that? I showed up. Now I have Jesus in me. And his glory is my glory. And the whole thing is transformed, right? Like, that should be our goal. When we read Scripture, when we're getting into the Word of God, we should say, Lord, I want the glory, man. I want all of this. And it says, like looking in a mirror. 
a mirror doesn't lie. Have you ever noticed that? Like, we lie about the mirror. We stand there and go, oh, yeah, I look good. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, I lost a pound, can't you tell? <laughs> you know, like, right? But the mirror doesn't lie. Well, that's true in the glory, too. When I look into the Word and I allow that glory to be my glory, it's, it's, it's identical. It's the same. And that is our legacy. That is our destiny. That is what God has promised we would have. We allow Holy Spirit to show us stuff. We get into the Word and allow it to transform us from glory to glory. Anybody say hallelujah? <laughs> Woo. Oh, man. All right, the, the, the next one is this. Well, actually, let's stay there just for one second. In the intro to the, to the um, Kingdom Culture book that we're reading, there's a, if you look at chapter 6, which I encourage you to do this week, the first page under this, the, this, this core value number 6 that talks about God's Word transforming, it says this, you get faith by studying the Word. Study that Word until something in you, quote, knows that you know and that you do not just hope that you know. Folks, I'm telling you, it is time that we let it change us at core places. I will tell you, one of the temptations, and I think it's good to read the whole Bible in a year and stuff like that, you know. I think there's a big value to that. Don't get me wrong. But I think that oftentimes, instead of, of uh, more real estate, we need to go mining, right? Yep, I think we need to go mining. And so here's what God's been doing with me. Like, I get stuck on a certain verse or two, and I can stay there for like a couple weeks. And you know what I'm doing? I'm like, that's a good promise, but it's not quite mine yet. And so I stay there. And I pray it back to God. And I say, Lord, this is in your word. This is what you said. And this is who I'm going to be. And I don't move on until it goes from here to here. Amen? So I just want to challenge some of you. Like, like some of you have a reading program. And, that, and those are good. But don't let that be all. Instead of doing the wide thing, go, go mining. Go deep. And allow even if it's just one promise. I know that there are some guys um, that, <laughs> I can't think of his name right now, but um, one of the ministers that I, that I listen to on a regular basis and that we've, uh, we just highly value, he, he does this thing where he takes one topic per year, <laughs> and he just stays right there. And he mines, and he mines, and he mines, and he mines. And he may move to a couple of verses, but like, like for a whole of 2017, just God's love. You know, that's it. He doesn't talk about faith or anything else. He just goes in that one place and he stays there. And I thought, you know, there's a lot of value. To this. I just want to throw that out and encourage you to, if there's a promise of God that isn't quite taking root, don't move on. Because all you've done is added more knowledge and less transformation. Amen? So, so then the third and final thing is this, that the Word of God wants to bring declaration over situation. And unfortunately, in much of the kingdom, in much of the church world, we are dictated by our situations. And oftentimes it can sway us back and forth. You ever have a couple of bad things happen and it's like your whole life just kind of goes, oh, like, you know, like this? It's not supposed to. Because I got verses that say things like, be anxious for 
nothing, Philippians says, right? And even in this verse I'm going to show you here in a little bit, in Isaiah, it talks about anxiety being, you know, gone and lifted, right? Like, we are not supposed to live any part of our life apart from hope. Yeah? I know it's been out there, this idea, but different ministers have talked about it, but let me just bring it to us this morning. And this is the thought. Any area of my life that doesn't glisten with hope is under the influence of a lie. And that lie will lead to a stronghold. So just close your eyes for a second. And I want you to think of an area of your life that is not glistening with hope. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh. <laughs> right? We let these situations oftentimes dictate to us our reality. But how many of you know that reality and truth are two different things? Right? God's truth is the truth, whether my circumstances are lining up with it or not. And it is so, so important that we don't just put a little God in our life, a little bit of word, a little bit of devotions in our life, but we actually go to the promises of God and we say, listen, you gave me this. You gave me the Bible. You gave me your word, and you said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? That's Jesus, and the truth is in this word right here. And I don't know everybody's situation. I don't know all that's going on. But I do know this. The enemy will always attack you at your place of weakness. And what if we turned our place of weakness into a place of strength because we declared the promises of God over that? And we didn't move on until we had it glistening with hope, right? And the lies exposed and spoken out of existence through the declaration of God's word. Folks, I am telling you, it is time we grow up. It is time we move into the truth. It is time we move into the truly powerful place, being sons and daughters. I know some of us in some situations that we, it's been going on for years. You know, insecurities, uncertainties, fear, hopelessness. Oh, it's never going to change. I'm going to spiritually wash your mouth out with soap right now if you say that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like don't, how can you say it's never going to be the same? We have the almighty power of God in us working in our situations, right? So he says what? God works all things for good. So Chris Valentin says this. He says, if it's not good, it's not over yet, right? Like if God says he works all things for our good, that's the destination. If it's not good, then we've got some work to do with God's word. Last week I mentioned uh, on, on Easter, last week I mentioned how some of the truth of God's word and some of those things have to get from our, and we say what? It's the, it's the hardest journey anyone makes is 12 inches, right? From their head to their heart. And I felt like God revealed something to me last week. Right in the middle of what I was speaking, I had never had this thought before. But what is between my head and my heart? My mouth. So you guys got some revelation and some cool stuff. I did too. I was speaking. I'm like, oh, yeah, true. You know, like, it, it hit me right in the middle. You have to move from here to here. It has to go through here. And what we say and what words we say are vitally important. 
fact, they dictate our reality. Is it glistening with hope? Then I have some declaring to do, right? And I want to encourage you this week. Um, <laughs> Joel 3.10. Some of you uh, are familiar with this uh, passage, and it was a song back in the 90s. Uh, but Joel, in Joel 3.10, it says this. Let the weak say, I am strong. And that weak is actually descriptive of a weakling. Like the word is actually weakling. You know, you think of a weakling, you just think of some little man, you know, no power, push him over, they fall down, you know, that kind of thing. Let the weak or the weakling say, I am strong. Where, where's Aaron? Come on up here, would you? Real quick, take your, take your jacket off. <laughs> Come on, bring it on, big boy. Here we go. I want to show you this shirt. Uh... This is, a, this is a prophetic shirt here, right? So I saw him over here, and I, th- that's really hilarious. Can you see this? It says, I'd flex, but I like this shirt. <laughs> you know, like if he flexes, he's going to rip this thing right out, right? Thanks, brother. So, like, in the spirit realm, that should be our thing, right? Like, if I feel weak, guess what? I declare, whoa, I am strong. And notice what it does doesn't say. Sometimes scripture is what we notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, let the weak begin to feel strong and then say, I am strong. <laughs> like, it doesn't, there's no middle ground. It says, weak, declare this. Right? So, I think that one of the things we've missed in our lives is declaring God's word over situations. If you're sick, you say no. I am healed, right? And you just find verses that say that, and you find verses that say, you know, by his stripes, I might be healed. <laughs> no, it says what? By his stripes, I am healed, right? And we begin to oh, get strong in these areas by what we say. Let the poor say, I am rich, right? Yeah, but I only have $2 in my pocket. Yeah, but I am rich. God's going to bless me. He's going to do this thing. And last week I told you about Joyce Myers, right, and her journey and how even as she was speaking on, on the circuit, if you will, all these different churches, she was still struggling with smoking habit. And she wanted to be free of it. And she would actually sneak out of the back and go into her car and lay down in the back seat and lock all the doors. But you know what she was doing? While she's smoking, she was declaring, I am free from this. I declare that this is not going to be an addiction or a habit that I'm going to stay with. And we look at that and we go, okay, maybe it's not smoking. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's insecurity. Whatever. Maybe you've got an addiction of some kind. But you say, listen, I am free. So how timely is God, right? Some of you know Joseph Prince, you know, the the speaker. Uh, I get an email thing from him every day, and it encourages me. Guess what today's was? There is strength in God's word or something to that effect. And he tells the story, again, of a, of a smoker who came to him and was trying to describe, well, pastor, I need to be set free from smoking. Okay, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this discipline, and I'm going to do that. And he says, God's going to do it. He says, yeah, but I need to do this, and I need to do this. And he says, nope, God's going to do it. I want you to declare God's strength that he sets captives free, that he brings chains. That's what he is, right? Isaiah and Jesus when he started his ministry. And so he sent the guy away, and the guy was like, okay. So he started to declare over this 
thing in his life. Comes back like two weeks later and goes, Pastor, I would be smoking and I would declare this while I was smoking. And he says, it went on for a couple weeks or something, and he said this. He said that as I was declaring it one day, instantly my cravings disappeared. And he says, I haven't picked up a cig yet. I haven't wanted to pick up a cig since then. Completely free, completely set free. Now, I'm not picking on smoking. I hope anybody knows that. I don't, that's between you and Jesus. But here's my thing. All of us have areas in our life that we need more victory in. Would you agree? You know, whether it's food or, or some porn addiction or whatever it happens to be, right? There's areas of our life that need the power of God. And for us to glisten with hope in that area. And we do that by our declarations. Whew, I just might start preaching here in a minute. Let me give you one more verse, okay? One more passage. Actually, I lied. Let me give you two. The first one is in Isaiah 41, verse 10, and then we're going to look at verse 13 if you want to go there. Let me tell you a real quick story. Um, this week, we were on Wednesday night, we were praying together intercessory prayer. And uh, the, the church right now, we are in a serious financial crisis, okay? And I've really chosen to not let, let me stress me out. I'm just saying, God, you're my, you're my uh, provider, Jehovah Jireh. You're the one that did this. You're the one that set this whole thing up. You're going to take care of us. But how many of you know that it's not? We just need to declare it, right? And we need to actually come into agreement with other people. And so we began to come into agreement saying, God, you know, what are you doing? What are you, you know? And uh, Don Kelly runs the Wednesday night thing. And one of the things she does is, at least when I've been there, the times I've been there, she will get some verses on a loop, like it's a video YouTube loop. And it's just soft music in the background. And then different verses will just kind of come up on the screen. And mostly we don't really even pay attention to it. We just like the soft music, right? Because we're over here praying. All of a sudden, Don goes, hey, and she points at the screen like this. She goes, look, and it was Isaiah 40, 41. Um, actually, go to the next one. It was this one, verse 13, and it said this, for I am the Lord your God who upholds your right hand, who says to you, do not fear, I will help you, <laughs> Sometimes we got to slow down on stuff, right? Like, what did God just say there? He says, I'm going to lift your right hand. And, of course, the right hand is the hand of power in that culture and in that world. And, and it, it, it actually signifies strength. He says, I will lift your right hand. I will make you powerful. I will put my strength into you. And he says, listen, it's not a maybe. It's not a wish. You don't have to beg for it. He says what? I do not fear. So that's on us. <laughs> we have to choose no fear, right? And then he says, I will help you. Not might, not wish, not maybe. I will. Folks, that spoke such life to us. So we're like, yeah, hallelujah. We wrote it down and we're all like, the next day, I go to the Gurney prayer room. If you haven't availed yourself to that, there's information on our website. You can sign up for an hour. It's all to yourself. It's awesome. Uh, so I want to encourage you with that. But I go there several days a week, and I stay there for a while because I'm serious about this thing working and happening and moving, right, not only in me but in us. So I'm like, you know, I still got on my brain, okay, God, you said you're going to help us, and we're in, a, we're in a kind of a big hole here. We need, you, we need you to come through big time. And I walk in the door, 
And all around the room are these chalkboards, really decorative, beautiful chalkboards, that people can write different things, different prayers, different, you know, testimonies, different verses. I walk in, and do you know what's on the first board? Isaiah 41. And verse 10 and 13 are kind of mirror verses, right? So verse 10, let's go back to that one. Verse 10 was on it, and again, you'll see it's like a mirror verse of, this, of verse 13. He says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I, say it with me, will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And you see that's interesting? His righteous right hand, he says he's going to pick up our right hand and lift us up. You see how they mirror each other? And I walked in, and I'm like, what are the odds that Isaiah 41 is right here on this, on this wall, and the same promise that we had on, on the night before is here on this wall? Some other group had come in, and I found out recently, is a group of over 50-year-old mothers that meet once a month, and they felt like God highlighted this verse for them, and they put it on the wall so that this pastor could walk in that door and go, I think I'm... I think, I, I think something's going on here. I think you're trying to tell me something, God, right? And I looked at that verse, and I just started to cry. i got to be honest with you. I just started to cry because I'm like, oh, God, your word transforms. If I will take your word and I will allow it to be truth and life to me, the area that was hopeless or lacking hope now begins to glisten with hope. Amen. And so, last verse today, Proverbs eighteen twenty one. It's familiar to many of you. Uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, "Death and life, death and life are in the power of the tongue." How many of you want death? Cricket, cricket, <laughs> right? <laughs> Nobody wants death. How many of you want life? Guess what? It's the power is right here. We take God's word and we begin to declare it, the truth and the promises. And I would just encourage you this. I would say, let's do like a Joyce Myers thing where you list 10 declarations over your life, things that aren't glistening with hope that you want to do, addictions that you have that you want to get out of. Take the word and the truth of God and make five, 10 declarations over our lives, right? So the school, ECA, Christian Academy, they're on an assignment to get 10 declarations. Deacons and I, we talked about 10 declarations over the church, right? So we're doing it kind of in a corporate sense, but also individually, just saying, God, what are, the, what are 10 things that I want to change in my life that are, Romans says this, declare those things that are not as though they were. And I will tell you this, and this is the last thing today. I will tell you that your declarations will always precede the fulfillment. And oftentimes there's a delay, right? You begin to declare something, and it, sometimes it takes time for reality to catch up, right? But how, we said reality and truth are, are not the same thing. Declare the truth. So why don't you stand with me this morning? We're going we're gonna to do some declarations right now. And uh, let's, get to, uh, let's get to it here. Here he goes. All right, and I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to declare it, and then you, uh, you say it after me, all right? God's word has transforming power. God's word has 
I will be transformed, <laughs> transformed this week as I dwell in his word. Uh, okay, try that one again. I will be transformed this week as I dwell in his word. We'll get the hang of it here. Here we go. Holy Spirit is my amazing teacher and perfect guide. He is going to show me things that will change me forever. Okay, we're having a little technical here. I will see things I have never seen before. I will feel things I have never felt before. I will go places with him I have never gone before. God's word will change me. I will never be the same. I set the course of my life today with my words. All right, you got two hands. Put one on your head and one on your heart. All right? And Lord, no, don't have to repeat. I want, I'm just going to pray. Lord, uh, we desire so much to be transformed. Just begin to express that to him today. Say, God, I want your word to transform me. I want to be changed, oh God. I don't want any part of my life to be hopeless or lacking in hope, oh God. I want every situation of my life to glisten with hope. To be a place, Lord God, where transformation comes. And Father, I pray that as we read the word this week, our minds would be transformed and our hearts would be transformed. And Father, I pray that in the power of the declaration, that transformation will be a reality this week for each and every one of us. And I pray that today in Jesus' name. Anybody say amen? Amen. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you uh, want prayer for anything, why don't you come on up? Otherwise, you're free to be dismissed. But if you need prayer for something in particular or you want a prophetic word of some kind, I'm going to ask some of my my team to come, and we're going to bless you in that way. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow night for training right here at 630.
just a beauty.